to You Can Do It Too, a podcast highlighting regular folks who followed their dreams and made it happen. I'm Joan Hutchinson, your restaurant maven. I've been described as a risk taker, though I never thought of myself that way. My mom always told me I could do or be whatever I wanted as long as I set my mind to it, and I believed her. I ran a successful catering company that led to owning and operating a top 10 Orange County restaurant and catering venue prior to earning a bachelor's degree in business management and marketing. You know what I learned by going to school after all of that? You don't need a degree to accomplish your dreams. You need drive, passion, and a belief in yourself. You also need some caring folks who support you and believe in you. I didn't need a formula to tell me how to properly staff for a week. I needed common sense and a deep care for creating outstanding dining experiences for my guests. I've been coaching and consulting with salespeople and small business owners for the last few years and blogging with business advice. I just wanted to do more, to reach more of you. I decided to talk with folks I admire who kick ass at what they do to show you that you can do it too. All right, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Joan Hutchinson, your restaurant maven. Today I'm here with Lixie Harcom. Harcom, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lixie is a corporate career saleswoman and coach. She's helping as many women as she can be more successful, create more joy, and thrive in all areas of their lives. At 23, Lixie was divorced and living on a sofa after leaving an emotionally abusive marriage. She transformed her life and within six years built a corporate career that she loves, quadrupled her income to hit six figures, and bought her first property at 29. She is happy and successful, and now she's helping other women build the success they desire and deserve. Welcome, Lixie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. It is lovely to talk with you today. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I have so, oh, good. <laughs> I have so <laughs> many questions for you. Um, so first, so you're in this emotionally abusive marriage. What gave you the courage to leave that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's not something that happened. It's definitely not something that happened overnight. I didn't just wake up one day and think, now I've got the courage. I'm going to leave. It had been building up for a while and what happens when you're in these types of relationships is they they grind you down over time and I believe that there's kind of a, a pivoting point and you'll either be ground down so much that you will never leave or you get to a point where it's too much and you find some some reason to get out um and for me it was there was a there was a final thing that had happened uh, I'd been at work and he'd been online and gone through my phone records of my mobile to see who I was talking to. Um, and I came home to Ugh. accusations of cheating, which I would never do and hadn't done. Um, and it was, yeah, that was the final straw for me. And I was just like, I don't want to live like this anymore. So I packed a bag and moved in with oh. my sister. <laughs> oh my. Wow. Good for you for, for you. having that courage <laughs> Get up yeah, because um, I empathize a lot with women that don't 
and don't have the courage to leave because it's it's a scary situation and the analogy i always like to use because people outside of it don't ever understand it is that if you put a frog in boiling water it will immediately jump out so if the relationship had been bad from the start i probably wouldn't have been in it but if you put a frog in cold water and then slowly boil it the frog will stay in the water and it will die um which is i think a great analogy for a, a relationship like this that it starts off lovely and he's the best person ever and then over time kind of his true colors come out and by that time it's too late they've isolated you from your friends from your family and the life that you knew oh that's a that's a scary analogy that frog sorry (laughs) um uh, but you know uh, great that you that you got out so then you're then you're living on a sofa (laughs) Yeah. And uh, tell us about that. <laughs> so because of the circumstances I was in, I wasn't earning enough money to afford a place on my a place by myself. Uh, thankfully, I have family locally. So they had lovely, com- comfortable sofas that I uh, ended up living on. Um, and it was at that point that I ended up taking stock of my life and the situation that I'd kind of left myself in and decided that this isn't what I'd imagined for my life, living on family members' sofas and being in a job that wasn't really going anywhere. Um, So I decided to do something about it. Um, And I... When you you think that you're... uh, when When you think that you've been emotionally abused, it had to have affected your self esteem. Um, the fact that you are able to pull it together enough to say, I can't keep living this way. I've got to find work that's going to make me more money. That's, that's pretty amazing. Thank you. I think so. And I, actually, if I look back now, I don't think I realized at the time how much it affected my self-esteem and my emotions and the way that I dealt with them. And it's only now that it's been almost 10 years since I left him that I can kind of look back and see how it affected me over time Mm. yeah it's crazy so okay so then you so you're not making much money and you're thinking I I gotta do something different and you start looking for work um at that time I if it was almost 10 years ago, then the economy wasn't what it is today where you can pretty much get any job. How was that? Uh, Scary because I didn't know what I was good at or what I wanted to do. So at the time I was working in uh, a call center doing customer service for uh, an insurance company. Uh, So it was a lot of inbound calling and trying to sell more things to the customers that did phone in. Um, And I'm good at sales. I was I was good in the role that I was in. Uh, So I decided to look for another sales job that paid more and was a bit more um, a bit more challenging. Um, And I'd fallen very quickly into another relationship with somebody else. And he'd moved to London. Uh, I'm not from London. I'm from a tiny uh, small town on the south coast of England. So I looked at jobs in London because I thought they'd be more exciting. And I felt like I needed a big change to get out of the to get out of the rut that I was in. I thought a big change was the right thing to do. So I applied for a job in corporate that I did not understand, only that it was in sales um, and moved to London. And so I went up to London, interviewed for the job, got offered the job on the day and then had to come home and tell everybody that I was moving to London. I hadn't told anyone. Um, oh and then in, thir- in 30 days, I packed up my stuff and I moved to London. Ah, that's 
amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have some more stories to, to or more questions to ask because there's a lot more to the story, but we need to hear a word from our sponsor. So we're going to take a quick break and hang in there, folks. We'll be right back. I am lucky to have some amazing award-winning cheeses right up the road. Door Artisan Cheese in Egg Harbor, Wisconsin offers small batch cheeses that have been winning awards for years. And in Wisconsin, that's some tough competition. You don't have to live in Door County to get these cheeses though. Just go to DoorArtisanCheese.com and check out their selection. Their most popular is the Top Hat Cheddar, but my favorite is their beer-washed Gouda called Valmy. Check them out for yourself at DoorArtisanCheese.com. If you're an expert in your field, have a unique story to tell, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster, a podcast booking agency. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. KitCaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you. Go to kitcaster.com slash maven to apply for a special offer for friends of this podcast. All right. Welcome back. You are talking, listening to Joan Hutchinson, your restaurant maven. We're talking with Lixie about her move to London. So you interviewed for this job and got it and then had to tell your, so how did your family what did they say when you told them you were going to move to London and take this job that you really had no idea what it was? So I think I did them a disservice by presuming that they were going to be like, what are you doing? This is a terrible idea. But actually, they were really supportive and thought it was a great idea. Um, so, yeah, it went much better than I was expecting. Which is awesome. I mean, like I say in the intro, you need that support. You need that support to help you move forward and get through because, you know, when we, when we hit hurdles, scary things in our lives, we need to have somebody rooting for us, right? Yeah, my family were, were great during the situation. They didn't know how bad the, the, the relationship, the marriage that I'd been, they didn't know how bad it was. And they only found out after I left him. And even now, I'll tell a story and they'll be like, I didn't know that. Um, because you don't tell people outside of the relationship because it's you're ashamed of it it's embarrassing um but yeah they were they were really supportive as they found out they immediately cut him he'd been in our lives since I was five but they immediately cut him out they wanted nothing to do with him oh and they just took my word for what happened which is amazing yeah that's awesome that's great so so tell us what did you do that made you so successful? What changes did you make in your life? Because clearly you had to make some changes. Yeah, I took ownership. Besides, of... you know, lo location, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I made a decision to change my life. It was a it was a conscious decision. I didn't want to be that version of me anymore. I wanted to be somebody else. So I moved to London. I got I got myself stuck into the role, the new job that I'd done, and I learned as much as I could about that. It was something to focus on, I think, that was really different, um, which helped a lot. So I had a lot of learning to do. I was obviously still in, I was in another relationship that unsurprisingly didn't last very long. Um, but I focused on my career and um, learned as much as I could and 
threw myself into it because it was something different and it gave me a direction. Um, and then I remember being sat down with one of my managers. I think I'd been in the career for about three years at this point. And she asked me what my career goals were. And at this point I was earning, I was earning all right money. Like I was earning enough. I was doing fun things. I went to the cinema a lot, which I was pretty happy with. And this is what I told her. Uh, and I didn't have any other goals. As far as I was concerned, I'd made it. I'd gotten out of this situation. I was earning a decent wage uh -huh. and I was quite happy to spend the rest of my life doing that um, because it was so much better than the situation that I'd been in. Um, but she thankfully challenged me and made me uh, sit down and actually think about what I wanted from my life. Uh, and that was the first time I was introduced to the Wheel of Life exercise, um, which is where you look at all areas of your life and you judge how happy you feel in each area. And then the idea is that you pick the area that's that you're least happy in and set goals and that sort of thing. So I ended up setting goals for my career and I smashed it. My The goal that I set was to hit six <laughs> figures by the time I turned 30. No idea how I was going to do that. But I was like, if I can turn my life around, why not push it to the brink and see what I can really do? Um, and I hit six figures six months before I turned 30. Oh my gosh. That's, uh, that's awesome. I love you. that you said, um, I love that you said, if, if I can, if I could change my, if I can turn my life around, I can do that. It's sometimes we need to know we need to, first of all, we need to see other people that do it, but then we need to get through something ourselves and say, I can do this. I, I can I can uh, reach a goal. I can hit, you know, I can do something different. I'm not stuck in everything I know. I can't, I don't have to stay just doing what I know. Exactly. And this is where I started using affirmations and meditation and journaling and listening to um, inspiring podcasts and reading books and just generally filling my head with successful things and successful people so that it challenged my beliefs of myself and helped me see that I could do more um, and also obviously seeing other things that other people are doing is very inspiring and I think that made a big difference yeah so um what if you had to pick one thing that propelled you forward the most what would you say it was the decision to change my life, actually consciously making the decision that I could and wanted to do more. I think that's what made the big difference. It, like the, the fact that I own my future and anything that I decide to do is down to me. So you bring up a good point. Um, it's like uh, alcoholics that don't admit that they're an alcoholic. They that when they're when they're going through the twelve step program, they have to say, "I'm an alcoholic." Um, and once they say that, then they're actually admitting they have a problem that needs to get fixed. Mm -hmm. um, do you? And I, 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 I know because of the statistics of women that are abused that. Um, they will not press charges against the person who's abusing them and things like that because maybe they feel like they don't have that choice, that they can't make that decision. Do you think that um, knowing that you have a choice is one of the biggest things that's missing in our lives and stopping us from being successful? 
yeah I think it's a big factor and it's not it's not anyone's fault that you don't make that decision but it's quite hard for us to admit as people I think that um the situation that we're in isn't the one that we want to be in and it's hard to make the decision to get out of that especially when you're in a a kind of an abusive relationship it's really hard to to see the outside world and the fact that what you're going through isn't what the whole world's going through and it's it's just your little bubble of the world and that there is a there is a big wide world outside it right right so the the women that you work with um are they are you working with people mostly on their career or or who who are you working with so it's generally business owners that have decided to start a business because they that they've got something that they're passionate about um but one thing that i've learned working in corporate for all these years is that people generally don't take care of themselves outside of their work life so there's no um work life harmony they're not looking after themselves And I believe that to be truly successful, you should feel your best. So whether that's um, putting in stronger boundaries so that you get time outside of work, um, looking after your physical and mental well-being and just generally being an all round well person, I think is the key to being really successful. Mm hmm. So some of the tools you you talked about was um, journaling and meditating. And so that's something that you recommend for people. Absolutely. It doesn't sound exciting, but the difference that they've made in my life and in the lives of people that I've taught and that I've seen in the world is immense. It's it's the little things that you do every day that make the big difference. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, Dean Graziosi and uh, and Tony Robbins, they say that uh, every truly successful person journals. Mm-hmm. So they highly recommend that. Exactly. And it, that's, <laughs> so, that's the thing. The really sorry, the really successful people aren't doing anything ridiculously different to what we could be doing. Um, I think people think there's some magic magic spell or something that they're doing that we should be doing to be that successful. But it's, it's, it's just that they do these things every day and they're really disciplined with it. Right. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense. Plus, um, they do these things because they know that they're worth it. Right. We have to realize that we're worthy. Absolutely. Also, um, it was an oh shoot it just went out of my head um was Who's talking about the really talking about Tony Robbins? people that <laughs> it was um it was that these that one of the things that the successful people do is they don't let their failures hold them back right like you didn't let you said yeah i'm in this bad relationship and I'm going to get out. And so that wasn't good, but that doesn't mean that has to ruin the rest of my life. Right? Exactly. If you think about um, like the hours that we have in a day, let's say you have a bad 10 minutes, that shouldn't ruin the other 23 hours and 50 minutes. And that was kind of how I looked at the decision that I, the place that I'd got myself into. And when I made that decision, that was a really bad period of my life, but it doesn't mean that the rest of my life has to be. Right. Right. So what do you think, 
What do you think holds most people back from reaching their goals? Fear of admitting to themselves that they're not doing that they're doing something that they don't want to be doing fear of being successful um because it would change their entire lives um i think yeah i think it's fear of the fear of lots of different things that generally hold people back Mm -hmm. um and you just said fear of being successful which is funny because you didn't say fear of failure so can you like explain what fear of successful why would they be fear of being successful because i think there's a there's a feeling generally in society that if you're really really rich and really successful you're either not a nice person or you've stepped on people to get where you want to be or you're no longer talking to the family and friends that you know now and i think that um subconsciously i think we then see that as a reason to not be successful so we self-sabotage and stop ourselves doing things so that we don't end up doing being successful and doing all these things that we think is going to happen and i i would say especially women because we worry well statistically we worry more about what other people think of us than men do Absolutely. And I do think people do have a fear of failure. I personally don't because I've already failed pretty badly in my life. Um, I'm kind of done with that now. Um, but I do think that does help hold people. <laughs> Sorry, being facetious. Um, but I do think that does hold people back. The idea that I've got a great idea and I could give it a go. But if it doesn't go well, I'm going to look really silly. Um, which I think is really sad. I don't think we should worry about what other people are going to think. If you're passionate about something, give it a go. And the likelihood is because you're passionate about it, you'll make it successful. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's a key right there, right? That it's your passion that makes you good at what you do. And it's your passion that people are attracted to. I mean, it has nothing to do with the rest of you. It's, it's what you exude. I mean, uh, think about uh, charismatic people. I mean... Hitler was not the best looking man, but he had charisma and people were attracted to him. Right. I mean, he wasn't a great, he He went from a low lying, yeah, he went from a low lying civil servant and managed to charm enough people that he ended up leaving, leading the country, Mm -hmm. even though I don't think he was the prime minister or anything. He was still just a minister and somehow did what he did. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had charisma. So, uh, I mean, that's a bad example. But, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a it's it's that passion that people are attracted to. It's the, the passion that gets people to think, you know, to like you and want to want to be with you. I mean, you want to be with somebody that that has passion. Absolutely. And I think Dean, I think it's Dean Graziosi would be a good example, a good example of charisma and being passionate about something. Um, and the the effort that he put in when he was starting out to go and get in front of other people because he was really passionate about what he was doing. And look at him now. He's one of the most successful coaches in the world. Yep. Yeah. And his book, that million dollar, million dollar success habits, I think is the name mm. of it. It's amazing. It's a great book. Um, (laughs) millionaire success habits. That's what it is. Millionaire success habits. It's an excellent book. I highly recommend. Um, (laughs) so you have, um, so you have a website or 
we can find you on Instagram, right? You absolutely but- can. And I mentioned the Wheel of Life exercise. Um, if you go to bit.ly forward slash Lixie podcast, there's a Wheel of Life exercise that you can download. Okay, cool. And then you also have a, a productivity hacks. I do, yeah, my 40 productivity hacks. So they can be found on the Six Figure Success Club website. There's just loads of freebies for you guys. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your productivity hacks? Yeah. Um, when you, so when you're working with a client, you're, um, you probably give them that wheel of life then, right? Mm-hmm. To work on? Yeah, that's one of the first exercises so you, I get So you have doing. a, right, so then you have a starting point and um, goals that you can set. Um, so then these productivity hacks kind of fill in with that. Is that what yeah, so if you're about? if you're a business owner, generally you've only got an, you've only got a certain amount of hours in the day. So a lot of what I teach is about making the most of the hours that you do have and the energy that you have. So how can you be more effective and more productive um, in the time that you've got? Right, and figuring out how to fit your uh, self care in there. Exactly, then. and looking after yourself. And self, self-care to me isn't spending an evening doing face masks and getting your nails done. Um, it's what are you doing throughout the day, every day to look after your mental and physical well-being. Mm-hmm. So they um, recommend getting outside, taking a walk, uh, things like that. Those are things that you recommend. Yeah, so my four um, foundational habits that I call them is exercise, meditation, hydration, and sleep. So if you can nail hydration. all those, those four, yeah, of drinking water. Mm-hmm. So is there a certain amount of water that you recommend? It's based on the size of the person. So I think, I don't have it to hand, but I think the um, the calculation, I think, is one, as your weight in kilograms times 0.03 and that will give you the amount of liters that you should be drinking a day um drinking every day and shout out to my pt friend joe for teaching me teaching me that (laughs) awesome okay thanks for that and then you said exercise i'm sorry can you say them one more time yeah of course so it's exercise uh meditation sleep and hydration how much sleep do you recommend uh, it's individual for every person, but the, the usual adult needs between seven and nine hours a night. I need eight. If I don't get eight hours, I'm I'm a sleepy bean. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm the same way. And uh, my husband barely sleeps, so he doesn't get a lot of sleep. Um, but he seems to be able to get through his day. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's weird people. how different it is for, for different people. The fact that some people can sleep on like six hours a, a night and I absolutely could not do that. <laughs> yeah, me either. Me either. I get exhausted after after a little bit. Um, and meditation. So is there a certain kind of meditation that you recommend? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of different meditation do you like using uh you know a mm. mantra or sitting quiet or is there a specific 
time of day that you recommend that you meditate? Yeah, so the that, you med- that you recommend? The purpose of meditation, just so that everyone is clear, is to um, take some time out of the busyness of the day and just sit quietly. That's kind of the the idea of it. So that you give your essentially give your brain a break from all of the things that we have going on all of the time. Um, I used to not be very good at meditation at all because I don't like sitting still. So I still use a guided meditation, just free ones that I find on Spotify um, that make you that help you focus on your breath. Um, and they just generally give you something to focus on while you're sat doing nothing. Um, and in terms of time of day, again, it's a very personal thing. I always do mine on my morning tea break. So I've already done, I've already had my morning routine. I've done some corporate work. And then on my morning break, I will sit and spend 10 to 15 minutes meditating because the day's already started. It's already noisy. Um, and I feel like it's a good time then to take some time out. Okay. So then do you journal first thing in the morning or at the end of the day? Both. It's the first thing I do in the morning and the last thing I do before I go to bed so that I start the day with intention and I uh, end it by reflecting on what went well that day, which I highly recommend everybody does. Yeah, that makes sense because then you, if you, you can like reflect on things that you did right and maybe things that you want to improve on. Absolutely. I think, we were talking about the productivity hacks. I think one of the best things that we can do is be more intentional with what we're doing instead of just kind of autopiloting through the day, um, set an intention for the day. So what is it that I actually want to get out of today? What's the one thing maybe that I need to, uh, need to get done or want to do or, uh, how I want to feel. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, reflect back on how it went. How did it, did you do the thing you wanted to do and how did it make you feel? I like that. Um, when you when you say, did you do the thing that you wanted to do? Is there like a limit or a number of um, things that you think you should prioritize? Like, should you say, I, I want to do 10 things today? Or should you say, I want to do one to three? Or what do you recommend? I recommend three. So I'm a big fan of a company called the Full Focus Company who teach this quite a lot. I'm one of their certified pros, um, but they they teach the power of the big three. So every week I will set three tasks that have to get done that week. And then every day I will have three tasks. And the idea is that those three daily tasks work towards your weekly big your weekly tasks, um, because you're quite right. If we set ourselves 10 to 20 things that we want to do every day, the likelihood is we're never going to do that because it's too many things. And then we're going to feel bad because we didn't do that. But if you focus on getting the three things done, you'll probably get those three things done. Um, even if you've got unexpected things that happen throughout the day, you'll probably get three done and then you'll feel really good at the end of the day. And over time, you probably will end up completing more than the three, but it makes you feel really motivated by getting those three done. Um, and there's, if you think about doing the three things every working day throughout a year, you'll probably you're probably going to complete about 700 tasks throughout the year, uh, which is an amazing amount. So by only focusing on three every day. Wow. And, it, and then you're so, so productive and no wonder you uh, reached your goal so quickly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're it's thinking not- that way, right? Yeah, it sounds counterproductive (laughs) focusing on less, but actually it makes you more productive. 
Yeah, because you're feeling more positive. You're not beating yourself up on a daily basis. Exactly. And you're not overstretching yourself. Right. Plus, you can go, I only have to take care of these three things today. I don't have too many things that I I have these three things. That's it. That should be easy, right? Exactly. That's the idea, yeah. And, and then when you go, oh, I did, all, I can check off all three things. What else can I get done today? Exactly. It doesn't have to I limit am going to. Yeah. I'm going to implement this today. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. You can do more than the three, but the idea is that you focus on the three and you get those done. If you then want to do more, that's absolutely fine, but you don't have to. It's not mandated that you do more than the three. Which is, I, I, I love that. Um, okay. Is there anything else? Uh, what, what, what would you say to someone who, um, who is just starting a business? What is the one thing that you would say they should do um, to be um, successful? Set boundaries immediately with your clients, your suppliers, your family and friends. Get the boundaries in right from the start so that you don't get like a year in, have really rubbish boundaries and then have to try and implement them because it would be so much harder. If you can be more rigid with how you want to spend your time, how much client work you're going to do, what time you're going to finish work every day, do that now um, and you'll feel better and be more successful in the long run because you won't get burnt out. So you tell your clients I'm available 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you need something after, just leave a message and I'll get back to you the next day. Exactly. And if you feel like going outside of those boundaries or there's a there's a specific event or something that you're doing that's outside of those, obviously you can be flexible. But generally stick to stick to the boundary so that. Although you're a business owner, you still deserve to have time outside of the business to spend with your family and friends, to do things that are fun. Um, and yeah, if you set those if you set those boundaries early, it's it's much easier in the long run. All right, that is great advice. Um, so I am going to share all of Lixie's info on in the show notes. So um, definitely check out her website and her productivity hacks um, and make sure that you uh, like and subscribe to this podcast and check out our, my, your restaurant Maven social links. And we will see you next time. Every other Sunday, these um, episodes appear. So make sure you're following so you can know. And hey, do me a favor and rate the podcast. Thank you. And thanks, Chris Hutchinson, for editing this and every podcast. See you next time.